0: Welcome to another another version, I should say, because this is not just another episode or another installment. I actually want to use the word version because we are going a bit off target and then coming back on. So welcome to another version of Risk Unfiltered. I'm Ken Hackshaw. I'm pleased and, and privileged to have with us Dr. Atiba David Griffith. (laughs) <laughs> this is the second time we're meeting with um, we meeting with um, Atiba. In the first instance, it was prior to him um, working on this massive thesis and getting his doctorate, and we were trying to get him since he uh, finished that work. And so we are happy to have him. We were talking a, a, a lot about that, um, the uh, the thesis the theory, the uh, the work behind his doctorate, and um, how we could marry that with our education system across the Caribbean, or with the profession in risk management, the profession of data analytics. So all of that and a bit more. Welcome Dr. Tiber Griffith.
1: Thank you, sir. Glad to be here.
0: Good to have you again. So uh, I think the last time we met were a couple months ago. You were working on your doctorate at that point in time. Um, I had a bit of an insight, a little bit on what uh, what you were working on based on our conversation, but um, having gotten a, a, a peek at the end product or the almost to end product, it's, it's, it's truly, truly fascinating, both from an, an educational standpoint, from a data analytics, deep dive um, perspective. And of course, uh, the space we operated in is risk management and this is risk unfiltered. So um, Atiba, tell us, um, what have you been up to since our last conversation many months ago, and uh, let's get right into it.
1: Yes, um, so again, glad to be here. Um, last couple of months, of course, um, at taking the decision to complete a, a doctorate in education, uh, which is the Doctor of Education um, degree. Of course, I was busy writing up the dissertation. Um, a matter of fact, the dissertation was technically due in November going into December. Um but got a burst of energy and I wanted to finish it before before crop over. So we actually finished it um, back in April. And I mean after the editor came back um, in early early May. And then we did what we a requirement was to do what we call a defense of uh, Viva closure um, So you defend your research. So that was done on June 23rd two days before my birthday. So I didn't, I don't have to tell you that's oh, yeah. um, that celebration of But um, on a more serious note, the, the research is very applicable. Um, I did not want to write something that would be put on a shelf, right. you know, to catch dust. Um, I decided to write something that I can hand to, to anyone. The way it's written is written in very, very plain, mundane English. Um, even the statistics how it's written. Um I can hand it to any policymaker or any any individual interested in education uh, whether whether that is in the Caribbean or abroad, right mm-hmm. Theories and conclusions and findings are still applicable, generalizable across uh, different age uh, groups. Um, so, yes, that's what I'll be up to mostly. And then also trying to to, to get back into rhythm because you know once to remove something that has taken up a lot of your time. Um, you have to get back into uh, the rhythm, so that is pretty much what I'm doing now. But again, it's very interesting. It actually cuts across fields. Um, it cuts across sociology. It cuts across risks, actually, um, mm-hmm. in terms of mat- matriculation risks and social and economic uh,
0: risks, by extension. What I would like to, for you to do though is w- before you start, g- give a behind the scenes. What what. What actually you, you, you mentioned it a bit earlier, but yeah. what, what what really drove you to to this product what, what what was the driving force? now, I know you have a little bias on the math side, and yeah. I will always lean there. you may disagree, but what, but is it as simple as you know it had to be about well, I'll let you tell the story and, and why don't you name the um the, the theory and, and I wouldn't call it an hypothesis, but um, because it went more, more further than that.
1: My background is is varied in terms of academic background mm-hmm. and also in life in general. Well, what I recognize for sure, um, some people disagree, um, but what I recognize is that there's certain foundations that, that you can build on. Um, and one of those main foundations is mathematics. Mathematics cuts across all fields, regardless of what you do. Um, and it's very interesting that that is such a foundational subject, but still, a lot of people are pretty much scared, literally scared of the subject, you know, they they, they run from the subject. Literally. Um, I do have a bias, of course, I was a mathematics lecturer at the University of S&P's. I've always worked in, in field of mathematics and statistics. But what a lot of people do not know is that I actually have a degree in music performance. So. A lot of times I like get the question, how did you change from music to, to mathematics and engineering, but it didn't change. It was just a transition um, that happened. Uh, what I found is that once you understand the basics of mathematics, you can transition very easily in most cases across subject subject lines, across career lines. Mm. And, and it's it so happened that when I was doing my my first engineering um, degree, which was I only I only did a master's degree in engineering, I didn't start, I didn't start at a bachelor's level in engineering. When I did my electrical engineering master's degree, pretty rough school New York, New York um, University, when I got the interview because of a, my, because of the fact that I did not have a, um, a first degree in engineering, I had a master's in economics, computational economics but still that was not the requirement to get into the program. so I had to do an interview. With the uh, selection committee, and what what confirmed certain things to me was that the head of the program, in terms of of admissions, he's also a professor of electrical engineering. He said that he was not good enough to go to music school, so his parents made him do electrical engineering, and that rang a bell. And what it did, it triggered something. It triggered something in me to say, but. how are you you not good enough in music? So your your parents made you do um, electrical engineering. And what I got to find out in terms of doing my research is that when you start in the arts, especially music performance, especially, you're you're absolutely brilliant in mathematics in most cases, it's just that you never had to practice it, right? And from that time, I tried to prove, I was trying to prove that point going forward, that once, once you have a certain foundation, I can give you any subject line, especially mathematics, and you'll be fine. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not going to be challenging. You're going to have to study and do the work, but the way you're the way you process information will make it absolutely easier than the average person who didn't have certain exposure.
0: Are you saying there's a direct correlation between um, uh, someone good at mathematics and potentially good at music?
1: The other way around. So if you be will good find good at music,
0: you'll be good at mathematics. In
1: most cases, yeah. In most, in most cases, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and and there's studies that 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 have that that come to the same conclusion. Um, mm-hmm. so you see that's why they say to for a child especially in primitive years like three, four, five, six, seven, and nine, you introduce them to things like dance, gymnastics, mm-hmm. um, music, things that require rhythm, things that require thinking, and things that also require you to read another language. And music, music is one of those things that require you to read a different language completely. Correct. Great. Right, So it, it actually opens up your ability to understand language very well. Your language, and it also opens up the ability for you to understand the reasoning and write, write what we call abstract information. Because remember, so you can't touch it. You can feel the vibrations, right, but you right. can't touch it. So it's very abstract in nature. So you actually understand abstract information already. It's just that you never formulated it in mathematics. Um, so when I, when I got the chance to write um, on the dissertation, I was, gonna, I was gonna actually write something that was very extremely mathematical. And then I, I changed my mind. I said, you know what? Let me go into the more gray areas, which is sociology, um, education theory, learning theory, behavioral theories, and then try to look that back, use the statistics to justify what I wanted to do. And that, what I pretty much want to do with this research is to, to have at some point a policy review. way really we have our education structure in terms of uh, processes, or we call teaching. Um, teaching and learning methods, especially for mathematics. Um, so going down the line of that, I developed a, a working theory which forms a conceptual framework. It's called system hybridism learning theory. It integrates the different elements of learning theories along with what we call educational policy and student experience. So as I go through the presentation, when I start, you actually see those those elements and themes coming through very strongly. But also behind that, I had to put in the mathematics also. So I actually right. did the statistical justification of why we should change the policies um, in terms of education.
0: But the policy itself, and I I know you'll you'll do a demo. So maybe okay. I, let me let's jump into that.
1: As mentioned, this is actually not the full title of the research. Um, but because of the nature of this, this presentation, um, since we're dealing with risk also, um, I to this presentation uh, reducing the social, economic, and matriculation risks. Uh, the advantage of taking CCSLC in the this examination before the CSET. This is the risk academy, carry risk academy, uh, risk management academy. So, of course, I, I leaned it towards bringing out the risk um, of not doing certain things. The CSET examination is, is a Caribbean examination, secondary um, examination certificate, which is a more okay. advanced examination. Um, the CCSLC is a Caribbean certificate of secondary level competence. So it's really a competence and literacy examination. Oh, okay. Which which you can take before um, the CCS examination. At this point, if you choose to, it's not mandatory. Okay,
0: and and, and and you don't have to take one before you don't necessarily have to take one before the other. Or, no. Another. Okay. No,
1: it's not mandatory. So that's that's a policy gap. There. It's not it is not required by 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 ministries. And of course, when we speak of the Caribbean, we speaking of the, the the participating territories that take um, Caribbean Examination Council examinations. Right. Right. So there's just some important notes before we actually get into the full presentation. So mm-hmm. there's six points. Um, First is the problem statement. So the problem that we were investigating or the problem that we were trying to highlight is the males underperform on the CSET examination. And that's something known across the board. And as you publish, it's been publishing annual reports, subject reports, you can see that they're underperforming. Right? So that creates what we call a matriculation risk. So matriculation is your ability to be enrolled in a program, meeting the requisites or the prerequisites that are required. Um, so if you do not have CSET mathematics, you're limited at what you can do in terms of going through the educational system. It creates what we call a matriculation risk. So you, 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 have a, you run the risk of not being matriculated. Um, then with that, there's a paucity, that what we call like a slowdown in the enrollment of post-secondary, resume, um, post-secondary programs, right? And that creates what we call a less competitive global, global uh, citizen. In this case, I highlighted the male cohort, right? So it creates what we call a less competitive um, male caribou citizen. So that, is, that creates what we also call a social and economic risk because now you have, you have someone that cannot necessarily uh, provide a certain level due to the lack of their, of their ability um, to matriculate. There's a twist to that story also because some will say that you don't need that to, to have a certain vocation. Right, but we're going on the assumption that having it is better than not having it. So that's one of the okay. assumptions there, right? So for the purposes of this research, we focus on the 14 to 90 year, year old uh, groups um, for The reason for that is that that is usually where you will take the CCSLC, which will lead you into the CCS. So around 13 to 14, that's where you're preparing for the CCSLC. And by 15, you're writing the the CSEC um, examination. Now, so the sample, of course, is pre-Caribbean territories that participated in the CSEC um, examinations. For comparative purposes, to draw all the points, we compared what we call the group that took CCSLC before CSEC and the group that only took CSEC. So you can see if if there's a statistical significant difference in the um in the mean sports now to break full circle we actually compared it those who took the CCSLC examination with the female cohort that took the CCSLC examination and that was to show that there's no there's no gender differences in terms of the scoring in terms of the averages okay it's a little it is a little sticky in terms of of how it's worded but if you think about it if you're trying to to show that if a student takes CCCSLC before the male student does that, they will get an, an above average score, right? Okay. So the score will be higher than those students who only take set. But to validate that also, someone may ask you, but how does that line up with the female cohort? So to test that, you compare the female cohort and the male cohort. And if that is the case, there should not be any huge differences or we call statistically significant differences in the average score.
0: They okay. should
1: pretty much be on par.
0: Is there any data that says that females of, of that age group is predisposed, is better predisposed in the math field than, than males of, of similar age? Um,
1: there, there's an argument for that and there's an argument for it and for it not. not. Um, there's a similarity and there's also a difference. Okay. When we get to that, when we get to the learning theory, when we actually draw from the literature views um, okay. on that from the scholars. We call it theoretical framework and the, and the structure that we are using. Um, we develop uh, the system hybridism learning theory. Now, what that does is that it integrates, what we call the very basic theories, which is mostly social learning theory and humanism learning theory. Those are the two very popular uh, theories that you use when you, when you think about teaching and learning right, they're the most popular ones. and But with that, something that you also have to include is something called student experience. Regardless of the theories, if the student doesn't have a good experience, they're probably not gonna perform well. Define
0: experience in this regard for me.
1: So student experience is, 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 is pretty much defined as how the student interacts with the teacher in the classroom. That's okay. one part. And then you also have how they interact with their parents and, and guardians and family outside of the classroom right because remember learning happens in the classroom but then they also have to come out of the classroom do homework they have to have nutrition meals um encouragement from family there's a whole set of social variables that contribute to the performance of a student
0: did you have to interview uh do a survey of 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 parents of of the uh i don't want to call them test subjects but of the 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 uh the students
1: in this case i didn't have to because we drew I'd redraw the literature, because the literature is pretty okay, conclusive okay. about okay. the experiences
0: Existing data and uh, existing literature. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, all right. Right. Um, so, but the system hybrid doesn't the What it does though, is that it integrates all of these elements to bring you to the point of, a, of an examination score. So everything that is here contributes to the examination score. So the input is really the student, right? The student is the main variable that goes into the system. Right, this learning system in the box that has all these different elements that they're interacting with. And from that, they get an examination score. Then mm-hmm. that examination score comes back through the feedback, what we call the feedback loop, to mm-hmm. give you opinions and they, and they'll tell you about their experiences, et cetera, which then feeds back into another loop for, for students um, that may take another examination. So it's 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 pretty mathematical in terms of the structure. It's, it's, it's a semi, we call semi-sequential system, right? So everything is linked together and they have these fancy joint probabilities. But for the purposes of this research, and Kendall, (laughs) I I didn't go down the line of what we call doing the mathematical proofs for this research, but we use it as a conceptual framework uh, to guide us um, in the research. But the literature is pretty conclusive about student experience and how students, what causes a student to have a better chance of performing well in mathematics. Um, The literature is here for, for, for an audience,
0: when I'm doing research, and, and and this is for Ken Hackshaw CRMA for the most part. So any research I'm looking at in my in the field of risk management, and I, mm-hmm. I I'm I, you know I'm focusing on the dates now. Anything that's like dated early two thousands, I have a problem with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I, and so I want to ask if if the the same obtains for you. So uh, a youth between fourteen and nineteen in 2000 2002, two thousand three. I would posit it's not the same thinking youth in 2022, right? That's Behaviors different. would have changed culture, there'll be culture changes, right? Mm-hmm. So so like where, where you have the uh, the research study that was done in 2002, 1991, mm-hmm. um, I live with the 2017 and so. But again, this is just me mm-hmm. extrapolating my concerns with dated research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did that occur to you or did you have to make adjustments for that in any form or fashion or yeah. is it still standardized because when you talk about in 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 the um in the zen the venn diagram there you have things like uh cognitive development um um behavioral factors cognitive factors right mm-hmm. so yeah so did you have to make adjustments for that or was that was that on top of mind or what happens in, in,
1: in research, especially it depends on the applicability too. If you're doing it for mm-hmm. action research, you need to you need to show that things were there before. Some things may have changed, but some things are still constant. So for example, certain behaviors of humans, the the behavior, the behavior or the the uh, the observation of the behavior right. may appear to be the same, but that does not necessarily change the neurological structure or the physiological structure of a human. So there's certain constant that will pull. So, but with this type of research, what you do is that you go, you go to see what was there, but then you also go to the newer literature, and then you also have to look at a data set that you are using. So the data set that is being used um, is from 2018 to 2020, and then of course you're gonna you're gonna be looking at literature it's three years old, four years old, five years old, sometimes even 20 years old. But what you want we want to do is something called a literature analysis. So if you read literature that was in 2002, right? And then you trace that study and trace the theories in there all the way to 2020 and certain things still hold. Right. Then what you showed in literature is that there is, is constant across the board. Right. But as something changed, then you highlight that to bring it back into the in into the possibility of solving the problem. So you must you must do a deep dive to see what's there and then come forward. Okay, as, for, for this type of research, all research, you don't necessarily have to do that. But for this type of research that is heavily yeah. based on theoretical structures and theoretical uh, yeah. concepts, you need you would need to do that. But yeah, you I, also I, need to I, have I would, modern research too,
0: right? So I would I would even add to that any research involving um, external factors that could impact on 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 the end result mm-hmm. behavior, right? Um, yeah, that you know, th- there's no constant there per se. There's certain things I will hold, certain things I will not hold. they um, okay. there's certain educational policies that were
1: that was. Implemented years ago, you can see why it would need to change because things things may need to change. But then you justify the nature and also the sustenance. When was
0: the last time Caribbean education policies were changed? Well,
1: change are adjusted because they 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 take them and then, but a full deep dive um, educational policy reform has not happened for. um, Mm -hmm. Here I come, dating back. It has not happened for a while, and then there's a challenge also there because remember you have territories. Right, right. Have right. individual governments that will have to also uh, be
0: on board with certain things. Right, um, but, but the folks who are doing these exams, that's mm-hmm. Caribbean-based, right? And, yeah. and so that applies, those exams are across, across all territories, eh?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Irrespective of what the policies are internal to those territories.
1: Yeah, and that's a challenge too. I
0: find, I find that to be a dichotomy of sorts, but I'll leave it up to the folks like you. Yeah, so... Um, you know,
1: the you learning theories, I'm not gonna go through all of them, but there's certain, yeah. certain theories that are there that bring out sort certain focus, like variability in learning of mathematics. Um, there's some interesting results that held from over 10 years now that, you know, black males have a lot more variability in, in learning mathematics than, than Caucasians and Asians. They're more varied in terms, so they have a wider variance when it comes to average scores, right? And so, if you ask the question for that, we are going to answer some of those questions as we go along. Um, one of the main things, though, is the motivation. You have to mode, they require a lot more motivation to to actually do 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 the work
0: compared to the females or to, they... compared
1: to the females and and race also. There's a the nice argument about neurological structure and biological structure and physiological structures. We actually review that type of literature, so we reviewed a lot of biological literature to see. And there's a difference in the neural in Interesting enough, there isn't a huge difference. Um, there's not a huge difference. What we found that was different was the actual psychological um, behaviors, which which speaks to things like anxiety. stuff efficacy, yeah, 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 motivation, yeah. there were some differences there. Um, and we are going to get into those as I, as I get to the results. Mm. But it was interesting in the research because we had to touch on gender similarities and differences to bring it full yeah, circle, yeah, right? Yeah. We also looked at a very controversial topic, which we call critical race theory. No, yeah, does race actually play a part? Does does belief play a part? Does culture play a part? For me, that was one of the most interesting findings. Um, I knew it did, but to see it explicitly in the literature written, it does play a significant role.
0: Okay, is it that critical race theory? is, is, is um, part of the cognitive dissonance, um, behavioral pattern of the individuals that you were looking at? Because well, I can see critical race theory as, as an external uh, factor or component, like how people are perceived and, 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 uh, and, and the lessons that they are taught. But how did critical race theory play a part in the determination uh, or the results here?
1: Right, so there's something called culturally relevant pedagogy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our systems that we have that we have accepted was not necessarily oh, coned for our for our for our people of our kind. So we yeah. adopted a lot of the a lot of the practices understood, of
0: other, understood. Of okay.
1: cultures. So it was not culturally relevant pedagogy. so that was also a challenge that we right. saw coming through in the literature. And then the frameworks, what we call the structure, the funding structure, a lot of different frameworks, what it was set up. Was not conducive to getting the optimal performance out of what we call black male students. And another thing, critical race theory also ties to things like mentorship. So you see, it like a hero. If you see a hero, if you see someone that you really want to be eventually, um, like a mathematician who's who's black or a mathematician who's minority, um, that is not necessarily promoted a lot in in the in the textbooks. Most of the textbooks are usually written by 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 Like Caucasians and Asians. So, the motivation to even try to be a mathematician or even try to be someone bragging in math, we found that that came through the literature also in in terms of what we call the motivation to actually be someone that requires a high level of training in mathematics. Um, There's a very popular um, um, author that that writes a lot. His name is Julius Davis. Um, You will see him, his his work, that's, that's, that's really his specialization in that area. Um, so he, he's very popular in terms of those type of writings so you will realize that this topic is a very modern topic in terms yeah. of attachment to education so in literature you actually see' it's 2019 there's certain areas um, that will have a very modern literature and then there's some areas that also have a, 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 a lot of literature that is historical also that you need they would have need to, to review um, again this is a pretty pretty young topic in terms of supporting black males in, in, um, in mathematics. It's pretty modern, and they're doing a lot of interview study, a lot of narrative-based studies, um, a lot of focus group studies now that are coming out. Um, Boeing is a very popular um, offer for this in terms of supporting mechanisms, which link back to, um, to policies, mentorship. So it's very interesting to see um, the literature actually speaks um, to these these kind of issues in terms of social economic and, and matriculation risks a matter of fact there's a very interesting study by McGee here um, that actually looked at not males that that are having that are underperforming, but the males who actually are top performers in mathematics so he, he was trying to see if they have the same kind of challenges as students who who are not as motivated or who do who don't do as well in terms of um, mathematics as as the other students. And he found that those students also have the same challenge. It is just that they're able to, to, um, to get over those challenges a little quicker because of their natural ability to, uh, to observe the information a little a little um, quicker than the other Harvard student. So very interested in terms of the literature review it was very, very um, very interesting there. Yeah. So then we get into the fun part. So this study was actually a statistical justification. So I I wasn't required to do interviews, but what I was required to do is to review the literature very closely, right, and do a literature analysis and then tie that to the results
0: to give a better justification of why the educational policies um, need to to be updated. Would you have preferred doing some interviews, including interviews in, 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 in your research? For the purposes of this exercise, no.
1: That would have, that would have extremely lengthened the time period in completing the, the, the doctorate, but you will see in the future in the future research, that is a recommendation. Of course, the research setting was information from Caribbean examination council in terms of their annual reports and mm-hmm. their, um, their examinations. And then the sample. I'm not gonna get into all the technicalities of the sample, right. but the sample is 4,607 uh, students. Um, by definition of generation of a sample, you technically only need a three hundred and eighty four.
0: Yeah, that's not a sample. there's a country. That you actually call there.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, but you do a big, you do a bigger sample um, to pretty much satisfy the, the, the mundane person that says, "This is so. This is so small. You've you got to do more than three hundred and eighty four to get the results." You first have to have the research questions, right? Um, So the first research question was, can taking the the CCSLC examination before CSEC um, increase the average score of a meal, right? And the increase has to be statistically significant. It just can't be an increase. It has to be a significant increase based on statistical theory. Yeah. Um, So to to test those hypotheses, we, we have a null and an alternative, right? So you know, it's pretty much that it will not increase. And the alternative is that it will increase. Now a short of the story is that after running this study, we, we it was conclusive that if you do take the CSSLC before, you will have a higher um, average score, all right? So you can let that sink in. ask me a question or two of how do you even verify that? But that is pretty much what the data um, uh, gave us a conclusive that if you do take the examination um, you will have uh, a statistically significant higher
0: score than than the student who does not. Are you planning to do further research or is more research needed before this turns into, say, um, presented as a policy document? If that's the conclusion and you use 4,000 plus samples, you which know, pretty huge sample. Yeah. Is it is it conclusive then? Can one draw from this that this is as good as it gets? Well, um... or is more work is, is, is more work needed to flesh out anything so that when this is seen, read, presented, then you know the haters will hate. But you know the facts are facts. Is this conclusion um, written in cement?
1: Well, nothing is written in cement in terms of statistics, but you go from the evidence. So the evidence suggests mm-hmm. that if you do take the CCSLC before, the, the average score will be higher, Meaning that those students who take CSEC only, their average score is not as high as those who actually take CCSLC before. Okay. So what that speaks to is if the fact that is a, is a factual statistical finding. Okay. Um, to convince the policy maker and the administrators, that's the reason that the literature review was done to also show that these other elements in terms of teaching and learning also contribute. So if you bring that argument along that side with the literature and the statistical evidence um, it's really for them to make a decision, Um, but you won't be able to say that that you don't have enough evidence because you do have the evidence here. Okay, okay. Both in the writing in terms of literature and also in terms of statistical evidence from the actual student writing the examination.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: And mm-hmm. as you remember, I told you that we had to compare also the female uh mm-hmm. with the male. And if it holds true, that it, it brings the student to that point where they're able to perform on average with the other, with the cohort, that also takes the CSEC before CSEC, you shouldn't have any, much statistical difference. It means girls should not be that different because you're trying to show that CSEC alone is on the performing in terms of males, but if they do take CCSLC, at least they're performing on this uh, close to the same bar as right. the counter, which is the female student who also takes CCSLC. So what we found here was that there was no, not that there was no um, difference, but it was not statistically significantly different. Right. So
0: is another way of saying that that gender was not a um, is not a factor in the in the scoring here.
1: Um, well, the literature speaks to the fact that, that the gender does not necessarily affect the processing mm-hmm. of the information, but it doesn't conclude that it's not an effect. Okay. Understand that? But yeah, yeah, what, we, what, we, what we show here though is that if they do take the examination, right, more than likely they will perform on par with those other students, females, who also take the examination. But if they don't, I can tell you. That they will underperform compared to those students who do CCSLC courses there. So, I mean, the, the evidence is there um, in the literature, in terms of the literature analysis and also the statistical um, justification. Quickly to the recommendation, you revise the policies, yeah? But then you focus on the most broad on the vulnerable groups. So when you write a policy, you can write a policy for the population, which is fine but you must also come for those groups that have a little more challenge or uh, uh, have a higher risk of not performing well.
0: If a policy, an education policy was to be rewritten based on on the conclusions drawn here, Mm -hmm. but the caveat to that is you'll have to consider um, the disadvantage in writing that policy.
1: With any policy, there's also exemptions, right? So if you have a student who's performing way above average, right? they exempt from the CCSLC. Okay. But those students too, on par,
0: are not performing as they should. And you can identify that before. Because how, we, how you'll know who's performing at a certain level than others? What, what's, what's, the, what's the criteria in there, in the schools for that? So all the
1: schools in the Caribbean have something oh. called part of merit. So we know, on average, how the students perform in a particular school? The policy must ensure that schools support the, the students in terms of your learning. Find support. Books. Curriculum to develop their skills, etc. The second recommendation was the fact that when you develop policies, when we say support, we actually mean not only teaching, the actual art of teaching, but things that support teaching and learning. So uh, you may have programs that you may need. You may have um, a specialist that come in to identify if someone has a, a, a learning um, challenge. Um, so that's what we mean by support. Okay. Right? okay. Right. Um, so three, one of the things that we found is that when the family is actually involved in the learning process, like parents or close, um, close contact family, students tend to perform better. That's something that came up in the literature. So if you have a family member or family members that support you, uh, make sure you do your homework, make sure that you trend your understanding, make sure you go to class. That is what we mean by community um, support and family. Family and community uh, support. No. One well, of the important things that we found in literature also is that when students see someone that they want to be like, we call it, you see a hero, they tend to follow that person's um, um, timeline in terms of their, of their development. So if a student can read about this person, see what they did, which school they went to, which events they did, which competitions they were in, uh, which, which graduate school they went to, who was their supervisor, that tends to make actually a big difference in in terms of um, performance in in mathematics. Um, More personal for a student is developing what we call their self-efficacy, right? Mm So their motivation to do the work, their capacity to do the work. So the interesting thing about the CCSLC examination is that it builds your competence and literacy, uh, mathematical competence and literacy. By doing that, it allows you to generate what we call your efficacy. So you, you start to think that you have the capacity to actually do the work. So once you have that, that leads to what we call being more motivated. And from that, you get less anxious. Most of the time, when you go to actually do mathematical problems, and with that that combination, you tend to perform better. The programs that you develop for mathematical learning and teaching must for that. So you must have things in it that will build the students' self-efficacy, and the, which will lead to their motivation, uh, which will eventually lead to them wanting to actually do the subject. The final one, um, which, which is of course, you know, that's always gonna be a challenge in terms of policies, how whole, wide whole, whole we're speaking in terms of territorial um, uh, differences uh, separated by water, but there could be a policy change. The policy change, as I said, if every policy change or every policy, there's always gonna be a for and against and a middle ground. Um, but we have, is it's shown um, through the statistics, through the results and through the literature that when you create policies, right? The policies must, in terms of education, it should be linked, especially, to the most vulnerable group. I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying that you, that you change everything to, to just support the vulnerable group, but it must account for them. Mm-hmm. And by changing the policy to make CCSLC mandatory, that is possibly one of the steps in the right direction because that student, wouldn't be disadvantaged by being thrown they ready to see set right they will actually be a build up um and it will give you an example before you take calculus two you're more likely to take calculus one right yeah. before you take calculus one you may take pre-calculus and there's a reason for that yeah if i throw you at calculus two i'm literally throwing you to the wolves because you're not unless you have a very good um support group or a very strong um, ability to learn what you don't know quickly we call your above the, what we call the average on the S curve. You're going to have a challenge. So if you think about it that way, it makes sense because then the CCSLC is really something that is that is prerequisite to set It's not written as a prerequisite, but it's something that usually comes before you take the uh, examination. Right.
0: With respect to the implementation of the policy, to get to the result that you're that you had, is oh. this a must or is this a maybe or a should? So this is a bus because I, didn't, I sure. actually in my
1: recommendation
0: I didn't use conditionals so you
1: will see within the Caribbean context change the educational policy and I said you should yeah. or you no. must just change it because what that does is that it makes it only books mandatory for those students that are easily identified that are that are having a challenge of course you have the exemptions like for me for example I didn't I didn't do I didn't do anything past calculus too but they did a master's electrical engineering that required you to pretty much have all the way through to a a level four um, bachelor's degree in mathematics to get to an engineering program. So, but there are exemptions for that. And those exemptions are reviewed carefully, which is fine. But again, when I say the the policy change happens, is that you have to come for that vulnerable group. And the vulnerable group is that group that may be silent, who's just there, not taking any information. And then you're trying them to take a more advanced examination, which you're probably not going to, do very
0: well on the policy change needs to be at the 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 uh the government slash territory level or does it need to be at the Caribbean examination council level?
1: The something is you have to remember OCSC. We we develop syllabi right. or syllabuses, whichever one you want to call it. Right. But we don't we don't develop curriculum. So the challenge with, with making a policy taking a policy decision at RN is going to be a challenge, It's best for it to be at the governmental level. Well, how how could you have a syllabus without input in the curriculum? Well, we don't, we don't tell you how to teach it. So a, a curriculum tells you how to teach um, material.
0: Part of it is what you'll be teaching as well.
1: Yeah. So the syllabus is the content, right? Yeah. And the requirements okay. and the curriculum is the actual action of delivering that content. Okay. So each, each, gov, each school, each government has the freedom to develop their own curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is fine, but they can't necessarily develop the syllabi or the syllabus for that particular mm-hmm. subject. They so, can so, as a as a part of way they may develop a, a syllabus that is linked directly to the syllabus of, of
0: CSE. Mm-hmm. Um, But we, we're not in the business of. Um, Understood. Well, Understood. For this to be more efficacious, it, it it would have to be close to Caribbean policy per se. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you have to speak to and you're a mathematician, statistics expert, the probability of that happening is where is Now No, that we're going through, we are through COVID, I think is, is more is more realistic. Well, like you I would
1: that. say I would say it's more like a seventy percent chance. now. okay, yeah, okay. Because um, no, 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 what's going on is that um, governments, institutions, um, companies, sorry, they're looking for for new ways to get things done better. Right, and they're trying to be more efficient, and they're looking at a lot more our risk intelligence, as you will know. They, yeah, they,
0: yeah, so and, and hence, hence, why we wanted to have you. Here. This will um, contribute to, to uh, enhancing or building out that that risk IQ, or the yeah. of 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 the uh, of the new leaders of the future leaders of the, of the Caribbean, and, and anything that can do that, well, mm. you know, CARM is, is 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 all for that. Those are the
1: recommendations, and you. Um, there's also some recommendations for, um, for what we call future future research. Um, so for the academic or the or individuals that are interested in action research or are interested in, in carrying this research a little further, right? And one of the things that have four recommendations, um, you can disaggregate the data. Uh, so instead of speaking about territory, uh, region, you can break it down by territory. Right? Okay. Um, with that, you can isolate not just the average score, because remember the average score is not necessarily um, it's a central tendency measure, right. but you can break it down by cohorts uh, or we call quartiles to see how the 75% of those perform, how the 50% of perform, how the 25% of the perform mm-hmm. um, to see if you can draw any any nuances there. But also um, remove the is restriction from 14 to 19. And then look at those individuals that are older than 19. There may be some interesting things there also.
0: Why did you start at 14 and not from say, when they get into the secondary level. most students write write the um CCSLC Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Okay.
1: But they there, you can also compare those students who wrote the C S L C with those students who are older than 19 that did not write the CCSLC. Yeah. Right. That will okay. that will bring another twist to the to the results to see yeah. what's going on there. Um, and in terms of addressing what you call the qualitative part um of the research, you should really develop an instrument, um, a survey instrument to to get some answers about self-efficacy, motivation, self-concept, um, anxiety, how students feel when they're doing a math problem.
0: Who'll be the target audience for the survey? The students themselves?
1: Yeah. So you will get you will get the answers from the students themselves. Okay. So that would require, since you're dealing with students, it's going to be require uh, parental consent, IRB approval, um, government approval also. Um, so okay. that that study is going to take a little a, a little longer for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a recommendation that, that, um, that, I, will, that I will suggest to actually get, to get, to get, to get the answers from the student
0: themselves to see right. what's going on there. I just had an epiphany here. What about those with, with learning disabilities? Do you just totally forget them with respect to, to, to this, um, to the subject matter we are discussing now? Or those without this, the learning disabilities, but with a um, disrupted home life and they have to go you know, stay in one of these homes.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, how, how, how do you bridge those gaps? So that's all part of the policy. So as
1: you said, as yeah. I said, when you develop a policy, it looks like most vulnerable, vulnerable group. So that group yeah. is considered vulnerable. Yeah. So you have to you have to think about how you're going to accommodate for that yeah. group, right? So that's why, especially educational policy, as I will say, um, mm-hmm. you have to look at that because everyone isn't painted with the same brush necessarily. So yeah. you have to be able to meet, have a middle ground um, we call it like a balanced policy. There's some policies that aren't balanced for certain reasons, mm-hmm. um, but education tends to be a little more balanced in terms of the balance between social economic uh, cost benefit analysis. So there's a, there's a lot more that goes in to, um, I find educational policies because they are not as simple as, um, as a lot of other policies may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so so when I mentioned the vulnerable groups, the vulnerable groups are not only students who, who have a challenge learning mathematics. Maybe other groups who may not have the yeah. exposure or may not be able to meet the requirements, so you have to look at the policy to see, you know, what how are we going to get them to this level to actually write CCSLC probably? Uh, before they can write CSEC, all those things come, come into play when you do this, and if, that's why it's important to actually
0: get the answers from the student survey you know, is kind of critical because I would imagine these the kids that are in these homes also take these CSEC uh, examinations,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: If these policies aren't changed as recommended what are what what is the risk or what are the risks what are we looking at by way of our future our young leaders what could potentially can go wrong that's the question
1: we have you have um not a very tame social um structure in terms of Mm -hmm. culture um then you may have an economic economic issue also because the ability to earn is based on the ability to have skills and to to use those skills to earn. Um, so that's why I also included social and economic risk in this presentation because it actually creates a, a social and a economic risk if you if you don't allow people to matriculate, not necessarily only to universities, but matriculate to something that can have them earn or develop something
0: with their life. If you put it at the country level, that that could then further reduce the Caribbean's competitive advantage or any particular territory because yeah. part of our competitive advantage is is, is the, the development of the uh, the workforce and and um, yeah 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 so it has uh, as i said it has an economic um yeah. so when you
1: say economic we speak about labor also yeah so labor yeah. economics yeah. organizational yeah. economics yeah so if you don't if you don't necessarily um, implement the policy at the government level the school actually has the ability to create a program where these students will have to take CSLC, So it can happen at a uh, school level also.
0: Is there yeah. a relationship between crime or the rates of crime and the rates of failure in mathematics? The
1: literature actually speaks to, speaks to that. It doesn't necessarily identify mathematics only. It, it really identifies um, the certificate where it's called school leave certificate or having enough um, skills to even earn so not having those skills to earn, you will turn to, to, to PDF yeah. and current. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we can, isolate, we can isolate it to see if mathematics contribute to your critical or reasoning thinking skills in terms of decision-making, right? Um, that would be interesting.
0: If the, the social learning carrying the Venn, your Venn diagram speaks to environmental factors, which will vary across territories, behavioral factors, which will vary across territories, cognitive factors may be less so, Hmm. Have you or do you, by way of further research, you know, have have to dissect or 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 get a little bit more granular on a per territory basis? Well, you you can. Be, as I, I... I know, but there, Will there be a need for that? Because you know, you, you know, behaviors in Barbados versus Trinidad or in Grenada versus Jamaica, youths, given what they're exposed to, hmm. um, there may be some some some.
1: There will be differences. There will be, there will be differences because okay. um, it, once you have a difference in culture, you're going to have a difference in these, in these elements. Um, mm-hmm. Because, for example, um, like humanism learning theory, mm-hmm. humanism learning theory based, is, is based on your general philosophy, the cognitive development, the effectiveness, and the psychomotor, right? right. Remember, on the general philosophy, you have belief, religion, culture. Right. So right. that variable will have a significant difference across, um, more than likely across different territories. Right. When it comes to the environmental factors, it's the same thing, because obviously students learn in different environments, depending on the culture. You may have a home that has seven individuals. You may have an extremely large home that has 12 individuals. And then you may have a, a smaller home that have only three individuals. Um, so it it, it it has a lot to do with um, there's there some nuances there for sure that will that will show up if you do a survey to get those answers. But the, the thing is, is that for each territory. Um, even on the region level, you will have to after you get those results in terms of the questions that you will answer are linked back to these these um, sets and subsets. You would then have to test test for significance, which which variables are significant variables um, at that point. And okay. then once you have that, you can then start to correlate that with these scores, and that will tell you which which variables influence the scores
0: a lot more than right, right, okay. Thank you for this uh, for taking the time. Um, we will we'll definitely be following, um, especially when it comes to getting these policies effectuated. And, and um, I don't know if you have a plan for that, um, mm-hmm. if you're going to do a, a concept note to the to the, you know, the, CARICOM or, or, or to independent agencies, uh, independent governments, I don't know, but I'm sure knowing you as I do you already thought that through. So whenever you have that, you're ready to share, you know, we'll, we'll invite you and we could have that conversation.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks again. For, thank, you. Uh, for
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.